You ever known someone who is kind of like a, a tinker? Who tinkers around with different things, tries different projects, is very invention-based, wants to try things and really stretch and expand and sees life as seasons and different opportunities to try things. Well, my guest today is Chef Adam Kaswiner, who is also a very long-term friend of mine. We met many, many years ago, and I'm glad he's on the podcast now. And uh, I consider Chef Kaz to certainly be a tinker in the sense of food and health and wellness. And he certainly influenced me and uh, my journey and fitness, health and wellness and nutrition to push myself and try different things and be open-minded. So I think this episode is certainly something that well, hopefully you gain quite a bit from learning about tinkering, changing um, your scenery, your idea of what health and wellness is, and not being upset when sometimes there's no progress because sometimes that happens. So thanks for the time that you're going to spend with myself and Chef Adam Kaswiner. This time with one of the people who I've known a really long time. A lot of the people I have on, you know, are people referred to me. I don't really know them that well. So it's actually very interesting to get somebody who I've known for actually a really long time. The one and only Chef Kaz. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Yes. Man, when did we meet, dude? How long ago did we meet? It had to be like, I want to say 2011, around there. Thanks, man. Yeah. It's a long time ago. <laughs> Well, it's funny, right? I hung out with some high school friends this past weekend. It's like high school friends you've been with, you've been through so many waves of life, but because you were, you know, you've been away for a bit, but you've been gone for a bit, but that, that six or seven years, I feel like we were constantly in each other's world. <laughs> yeah. Chef Kaz and I, actually, I feel like we were like pioneering all this stuff back then. I mean, we were we had a hilarious show that we did together where he would cook and I would just basically eat food that he made. <laughs> and laugh a lot. Yeah, I just laughed a lot. And we talked about the future all the time. <laughs> it's here now. <laughs> now what we were expecting. Yeah. We were doing like like some streaming. It was like Ustream or something like that. Like Yeah. It That's was pretty good. How to start? Did you know that? What happened? Did you know Joe Rogan started on Ustream? No. Probably around the same time that we did. Are yeah. you kidding me? Kind of missed a hundred million dollar opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was listening to one of his like podcasts when you know the, the Joe Rogan podcast, and he was talking about uh, how he got started on on one I listened to recently. He was talking about how he did Ustream and. You know, he was just dicking around. I was like, this sounds familiar. <laughs> it does sound familiar. What were you saying? If like we just kept doing it, we might be like huge by now. <laughs> I bet, man. I Like that's, I bet. But it's okay. You know, that's the lesson. Yeah. Right? The consistency in anything. It's hard to be consistent in everything. But. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've learned on my podcast. I've had it for almost like 14 months now. Yeah. And I'm like 170 eight episodes in or so and it's been going well like it, it just starts growing and it starts getting big man if you do it consistent enough it starts getting fairly large it's just consistency you know yeah yeah you know so for people who don't know so chef kaz when i met him actually i remember meeting you in my office in the ridges in uh, las vegas 
I remember thinking this guy's really cool. Like he's just like he wearing a, you were wearing a leather jacket. I remember thinking that's a really nice leather jacket, and it's hot. It's in Las Vegas. <laughs> And I was like, this guy's got some nerve wearing a leather jacket in Vegas. It's a move. It was a move. It was a power move. And then uh, he's an incredibly gifted chef, just for everybody to know. Extremely good food. And um, I think that started our conversation about food and all those things. So I'd like to kick it off, really, getting your take on, I'm sure you pay attention to what's going on in health and wellness. You're a guy who's definitely into trying things and being open. Like the conversation about food, what do you feel the current conversation about food is about and your thoughts related to it? It's a good question. So I think that we've kind of got into this place that I think a lot of people are, you know, they have been for a little bit longer time, but we're there as a, uh, in a lot of ways, as a society, society now, which is just never ending, constant improvement, right? But mm. there's a, there's also kind of like a, a dark side to that, right? Where sometimes you're like, like fundamentally to improve, sometimes you have to be not improving, right? Mm. Or like if you, if you, you know, go to the gym and, you know, work out really hard, smash your muscles, break down tissue. You know, you fundamentally need to take time to let your body recover to, to get the optimal result from the work that you put in. So um, I'm, I'm constantly watching, you know, what's going on and trying out new things and seeing what's in the popular consciousness. I, I also think that's an interesting concept because to me it seems like, you know, clean eating and, and people being aware of their diet is, is extremely in the popular consciousness. Yet, you know, I, I see lines still wrapping around the building at fast food restaurants. Mm. And I, like, to me, it's like, I'm so out of touch with that world that I just can't even, I don't understand how that's possible. <laughs> right. Right. But for the people who are more on that cutting edge, who are seeking, you know, their, their own best, um, you know, I think generally speaking, there's been a lot of uh, move towards plant-based diets. I think that there's also kind of a pushback. And you know, I have a lot of people who are saying, you know, I'm never going to give up my meat. And I wouldn't tell people to. I would say, you know, if that's what works for you, you know it works for you. I personally have been doing, experimenting a lot more with uh, longer-term, uh, regular intermittent fasting. So eating in really, really small windows. Um, but... I also find this is, and this is kind of why I let off with that, uh, you know, you, you can't always be improving is because sometimes there is a point of diminishing returns. Sometimes there is a, you know, this is, this is what was working for a week or two weeks or whatever. And then, and then it's not working anymore or it's not bearing the same result. So, um, and, and then of course with, you know, the worldwide situation, you know, just people, um, seem to be getting back to cooking for themselves more, which I've always been an advocate for, even though I felt like it would be the thing. You know, that's how I get paid the least, right? <laughs> right. Um, but I also think that there's a great value in learning to cook for yourself. Um, you know, not only creating dishes you're excited about, but also, um, you know, the things that fit your dietary preferences. Um, you know, you, you develop a skill. You, it's something you can do with your family, with, with people you care about. 
So I think ultimately that if anything, that's what we're seeing now uh, is, is the trend towards cooking, you know, for yourself, taking care of your own nutrition. You know, I want to jump back into, I have a lot of questions, but jump back into intermittent fasting. And uh, recently I was watching this documentary on Netflix called Unwell. Okay. Uh, pretty good. You would definitely be into it. You know, no, I knowing, you know, that you like to explore different things, but it was, it, it does a good job of exploring both sides, positive and negative to a lot of controversial things. Uh, and so they were discussing like these uh, 28 day water fasts. Have you heard of this? Um, I have not tried anything close to that, but I have heard about it. Yes. It was very controversial because there, there are people who swear by it, but then there was also the other side that is very dangerous to do, uh, especially when not medically supervised for something like that. But I wonder with something like that, how difficult that is on the body over time. If you, you're doing that, are you trying to do it to reset yourself? Or, I mean, just your thought process as somebody who is a, you know, a food professional, in a sense, when you hear something like that, you know? So... One of the things that I focus on, and again, this is more in like the elite performance category uh, rather than, you know, your, your kind of uh, casual, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that we're, we're going to start to see, and we're probably, you're probably already seeing it, you know, it, it's, it's uh, one, one of the next trends, that, but, it, you know, the trend is always, it always is uh, moving beneath the surface first, and there's that you know, for early adopter kind of level that, mm-hmm. that is aware of these things. So I think what we're going to start to see in in uh, tinkering, let's just call it, because nutrition is part of that, eating is part of that, supplementation is part of that, training is part. I think what we're going to start to see is more focus on the endocrine system, right, hormone mm. regulation, um, because at the end of the day, uh, you know, I don't want to say this isn't important or that's not important, but at the end of the day, you know, if you can manipulate your endocrine system, you can you can overcome a lot of other things that um, maybe obstacles or pitfalls or roadblocks, right? So you know, getting let's say your body to pump out maximum testosterone, uh, maximum growth hormone, um, you know, and then also you know, and when talking endocrine system, we're all talking also talking like serotonin dopamine adrenaline right all the and then of course so we want to maximize certain hormones we want to regulate others and then we want to minimize others right we want to minimize cortisol right we want to regulate insulin so there's there's a there's definitely like this very uh measured tinkering process that i think is one of those things again that's it's very different individual to individual Mm. right it's very different but but there's also some things that studies show you know i hate saying that but studies show (laughs) um can can work they don't you know it's like when you see these studies and they say 62 percent of people that doesn't mean you get a 62 percent yield right it means that you may be one of the 62 percent that get some result you may be one of the 48 percent that get no result Right or 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 a result not worth uh, uh, the equivalent of maybe what you were doing before or another program. So one of the reasons that I I got into intermittent fasting and it really caught my fancy was um, 
its effect on testosterone and growth hormone. Mm. So there are a lot of studies about how um, there's percentage, in, in pretty much incredible percentage increases uh, in those two um, those two states because of inter- extended inter- intermittent fasting. Um, now I have been doing like some more like twenty four to forty eight hour fasts with some. Mm-hmm. Some support, some nutritional support. I changed to doing more like eighteen to twenty hour fasts um, on more of a daily basis. And like I said, I was feeling like amazing results: uh, increased energy, increased focus, increased endurance, uh, faster recovery, less inflammation. Like that's you know these are um, uh, what do they call uh, anecdotal result, anecdotal mm-hmm. evidence. Right, it's only my experience, but it was based on, to some degree or another, what other studies said you could maybe expect to find. Um, in terms of the really extended stuff, I do know somebody who did, I believe, a forty-day uh, water fast, and dude got swole, like wow. he was shredded. Yeah, like he's a he's not a big guy, but you know he got he got extremely muscular. Um, in terms of doing other things like that that I've done, I will also say that the mental fortitude, the mental resolve is insane, right? Like like I've done something similar but different would be like a 10-day meditation uh, retreat where, where you don't talk for 10 days and you meditate for like 10 hours a day and you don't have your cell phone and, you know, you're only eating twice a day. So, um, you know, incredible, incredible like mental power uh that 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 is you know uh you know born from that um but you know i also think that you're gonna have people who have extremely negative responses if they're already overweight or they're they're not going into it doing regular fasting probably gonna feel pretty unwell for a while um but again i think sometimes you'll find that those people who maybe they're not physically fit or or taking care of themselves they actually need something extreme. Hmm. Uh, now, I'm not going to necessarily say do a 28-day water fast to, you know, to get your health program going. But if somebody came to me and they're like, they're like, I found all these people that inspire me. I'm set on this. Nothing you're going to say is going to change my mind. Or, or maybe it's not, just not worth me changing their mind. Maybe it's good for them to find out. And they do it for a day. And they're like, okay, that wasn't the right thing. But a day <laughs> worked, like a day was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, have you, what is what the, is the misinformation that you are dealing with when you're working with clients? So what is a, maybe some common themes that you're like, this is a, this is a thing I'm, I'm noticing when working with clients about their, their um, attitude about food. Um, well, you know, misinformation and it, it can go a lot of different ways, right? So it really is going to be about. One, where's this person's starting point, right? Like, are they coming to me like they're just a regular person and just want to eat a little bit healthier, maybe lose a little bit of weight, not have have to worry about health problems as much down the road? Because I find that those uh, situations are very gradual, almost predictable processes where, you know, you'll see a lot of times in the beginning people will cut back on or cut out red meat or pork, right? Those are often the first things that you see people changing. Or maybe they take out fast food or processed right. food or soda, right? They'll just pick like one thing. 
And, and I think that's a really good approach. But again, that, that can spiral into now I'm going to analyze every little thing, um, which I don't have anything against. I'm not telling you you shouldn't analyze every little thing. I'll, I'm, I am telling you, though, you might make yourself crazy in the process, and it's not necessarily going to assure you of a result, right? It's, again, that idea of sometimes when you're taking a step back, when you're actually letting yourself be, that you actually find what works rather than trying to force what works. Um, so I would say that's, um, that's kind of a more general thing that in terms of, you know, disinformation that, that you need to like, um, again, unless you're training for maybe like a specific result, like let's say you're Mm -hmm. training for being on stage for bodybuilding competition and you're training for an MMA fight or, you know, you're, you're doing a specific tailored program, uh, to put on more muscle as an athlete or. You know, and then again, you have your more people who are casual. Um, I think, generally speaking, uh, there's more disinformation in people needing to subscribe. Like, I think of it as like the religiosity of health or the religiosity of diet or trick. You know, I see it, I think, less so now. I don't know all the stories about why it's kind of fallen from grace. But, you know, you saw that a lot with, like, CrossFit. Yeah. Right? Where, like, people are like, I'm a CrossFitter and you're not. Or I'm a CrossFitter and my box is the best. Or I'm a CrossFitter and, and you know, here's why CrossFit dominates all their sports. And I'm like, I'm sure I could do CrossFit and learn a lot from it sure I could do CrossFit and it would help me a lot. But like, I don't think like I need to become a CrossFitter just because you're really into CrossFit. And I see a lot of that with like diet where it's like, number one, you might have really found something that works, but it might just be in the, in the slot of your life that you're in. Yes. But I will also say that sometimes I just like to address the, the the approach of let's try this based on you know not even weight and stuff like that more of like energy and like how you're feeling how you're yes. sleeping. if we take stock of a few different kind of like 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 we have our macros in our diet right so we have our macros in our life right like your macros in your life would be your like overall sense of well-being like when you wake up in the morning like, are you like, oh, it's another day? Or are you like, oh, it's another day? You know, like things like that, like throughout your day, like where is your stress level? You know, like, are you overwhelmed? Are you running around in circles? Like how, how centered are you? How focused are you? How much time on average are you, are you taking towards the goals that you have? Or are you just spinning your wheels? And then from that, we actually might be able to leverage nutrition to help you um, produce more of what you want to see, whether that is like energy, right? But that, that could also be focused. That could also be athletic performance. Um, so I, I think that what happens is, and again, I, I'm guilty of this myself at times as well, but I think that we want to do a one-size-fits-all approach mm-hmm. to diet and nutrition um, rather than saying, you know, what would help me most would be, um, you know, making uh, my dietary intake 
simpler. And because it'll be simpler, I'm actually more likely to follow it mm-hmm. rather than making it more complex, which may, when I've done that, give me more results. But ultimately, I don't have the time to plan all that stuff right now. I don't have the budget to have somebody do it for me. Um, so I'm going to kind of like kind of halfway do it for a while until I realize this isn't working. And it's like you're kind of bullshitting yourself. Yeah. You know? Well, that was a long-winded, you know, gratuitous <laughs> answer to the question, but because I don't feel like it's just one diet. Like, look, you know, do you know? Uh, do you follow Jordan Peterson at all? You know who he is? I, I do know who he is. I don't follow him though. Okay, so he had an interesting. Uh, he, he, you know, he doesn't talk too much about diet, but he had an interesting observation that his daughter has some very um, serious autoimmune disorder. Right? Is this the carnivore diet he was talking yeah, about? Yeah, about like that. I heard a little bit about this here. Yeah, so basically, like you know, she switched to an all meat diet, and like she got healthier. So you know, I don't eat meat, but I'm not going to necessarily say to everybody unless they haven't tried not eating meat and they're looking for a result that I believe not eating meat might produce, like higher energy, less inflammation. Right? That's been some of my experience. So. And then they could say, you know, I'll try it because a lot of times what I find is most people's obstacles, most people's impediment, and I'm sure it's a lot of the same stuff with training. It's the same stuff with entrepreneurship, is it's mostly the story they've been telling themselves from the experience that they've already had, Mm. right? It's like they – like I told myself for a long time I could never not eat meat because I'd always eat meat, right? Even though I had some time I didn't eat meat. And I could go back to those times and I could say, you know what? I actually felt pretty good. So I was extremely against being – and again, I'm, I'm making it this example because this is real and it's personal. But it could be anything. Like it's like if somebody's like, I could never stop eating fast food because they have a habit on their way home from work mm-hmm. that they're, they're, they're ground down from being at their office that they hate. For me around people, they genuinely dislike. Mm-hmm. They need the quickest source of pleasure. They need the quickest source of relief. They need the quickest escape, right? And they've they've made that stopping at McDonald's or stopping at Cane's, you know, whatever that is, right? Immediate serotonin and dopamine dump, right? But but it's it's establishing a pattern that they think is necessary rather than is very very much optional. Yeah, actually, I mean, a lot of good stuff there, and. It reminded me of when we first met and we were having discussions like these, which is kind of interesting to come full circle with these and seeing how things are. And I remember I remember you were very much into the concept, which very much molded my concept of how does it make you feel? And I remember back in 2011, I had never really thought about food that way. Well, how does it make you feel? Have you really... How do, how do you feel after you eat this or that? And you were, your whole thing wasn't, at least correct me if I'm wrong, when we talked about it back then, wasn't like, you know, it was like, hey, don't eat this or don't eat that. It was like, well, just how does it make you feel when you have it? And then monitor your body and say, you know, let's look at if I eat this and I'm going to feel like this. If I eat that, I'm going to feel like that. But it was never like prescribe this or that diet or try this or that. It was how does it make you feel? Do you still feel that way? You know, it's funny, right? So, and again, like, I know you're kind of uh, 
I, I would say you're you're fairly advanced in your field fields, mm-hmm. right? So probably stuff you were lecturing on or attending lectures about five years ago, ten years ago, fifteen. You'll probably see like almost in like mass media, right? yeah. Years later, and I will tell you something, man. I have seen, I swear, like exact talks I've given written up in articles. You know, I've seen, you know, the concepts that I, I swear were my like fundamental tenets on the covers of books and magazines. And, you know, that is something that, that I do uh, prescribe to. Um, but I've also, I would say I've refined it a little bit because there's also a, a um, with everything, I think there's a fine line, right? Just like I was saying about the fasting, like fasting was working, yeah. still kind of working, but I need to tweak it. It's not that it doesn't work, right? That's the that's the caveat right there. That's the crux. Like if somebody's like, I really want to make progress and I always have setbacks. And again, understanding this from the same perspective as that's where I'm at too, right? Like just to give you an insight, Right now, I've, I've, I've started really immersing myself. I teach capoeira at, a, at an MMA gym now. And I've really taken on the mentality is like, I want to be a competent uh, overall fighter, not just capoeirista, someone who practices a single martial art and just can um, you know, yeah. perform in that area. I want to be able to, you know, if I'm sparring with somebody, if I'm, you know, if I'm fighting with somebody, I want to be able to hold my own. And then there's the aspect of utilizing the knowledge and the, the skill set that I do have and actually making that applicable in other situations that aren't just that art form, right? So I can't just take Capoeira and apply it in a fight. I have to learn how to apply it, even though I already know it, right? Which is a crazy concept, right? You would think you could just go in and use the kicks that you already have, <laughs> but you can't unless the person is in a situation for you to appropriately throw that kick. So you have to set them up. So where what I what I why what, why I'm saying all this is that concept of do what you feel or do what feels good or do what resonates with you. One, it's based on the premise of not just what resonates with you right that moment, but like what do you like I said before, like what are you striving to achieve? Right? So like not even in the big picture, like the macro sense, but in the micro, right? So I'm stuck. I'm, I'm, I'm want to achieve energy from my workout. I want to achieve energy from my work day. I want to, I want right. to feel satiated, right? Like I have things that I'm looking to achieve besides just weight loss, besides just fitness that if I orient my nutrition intake in a certain way are going to most likely at least increase the chances of, uh, a, a superior experience in that activity, right? And that activity can even be like sleep. You can be like, I want to max out my sleep. Okay, well, what, you know, my grandma always used to say to me, like, don't eat a big meal before you go to sleep because you're not going to sleep well. And then, you know, it took hearing that 500 times for me to be like, dang, my grandma's right, you know? So what I find with the, with the you know, do what you, do what you feel works or do what you feel is right, there's also the fine line of do what might not feel good but let's say later on today, you're going to be like, dang, that was the right choice, mm. right? So that can be like not eating something, but it can also be eating something. I'm actually, like I said, erring more on the, the ladder where I'm like, 
okay, I've done the fasting. Now, how do I, how do I work things back in, in my day? So I'm not, cause like what's happened, like last night I finished at the gym and one, one student, she, she's been training capoeira with me, but she's training MMA. She's taking all the classes and we ended up just working afterwards until like 10 o'clock. I got to the gym yesterday at three o'clock. Right. So I'm just mentally shot. Right. Like I, I can't figure out of organize my stuff yeah. to get out. Right. I'm like sleepwalking. But I know that to, to, to overcome that, to circumvent that a little bit, if I have some nutrition a little bit earlier in my day, I won't be so worn out. Right. Yeah. While still kind of maxing out some of those endocrine chains, some of those, you know, hormone producing chains. So that's where I'm like, in the middle of my day, I might not now because of what I'm used to. And that's such a key is what we're used to, right? Same thing with training. If you're not used to doing strength training, mm-hmm. it's going to feel uncomfortable. If you're not used to doing capoeira, it's going to feel really awkward, right? It just is. So you kind of have to be willing to hang out in that awkward space. With diet, I think we actually adjust almost faster than anything else though. Right. Because we're doing it so often, you know, and it is pretty much an everyday thing. Um, so that was kind of like a lot of a lot of thoughts. But, you know, the reason I kind of elaborated is because, like I said, I have seen so many people now. And it's usually, you know, a little bit of the foo-foo, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like the, you know, yoga, you know. Like, right. Like, like there's a place for softness, but there's a place for strength. And, yeah. you know, I think discipline is almost like, like, you know, you, you know, uh, Jocko, right? Discipline yeah. Yeah. Freedom, right. Like I subscribe to that. I, I, I could be more disciplined, you know, it's, it's a fine line, it's a fine threshold, but I would say that do what you feel, but don't underestimate the power of being disciplined and tinkering to, to when you figure out what works, don't expect it just to keep bearing the same result. You know, it's like you hear about in business all the time. Like, you know, it's kind of a sickening concept, but it's like, if you're not growing, you're dying, right? It's just like an, as an athlete, like if you're not training, if you're not improving, you're kind of getting worse. Yeah. You know, you have to build those getting worse cycles in, in a way, right? Those recovery cycles, those rehabilitation cycles, those mobility cycles. So you can get better. Right, you shouldn't just keep Most running. Most definitely. I'm sorry. Most definitely, and actually, it's one thing. And um, in fitness, over the years, I've been really been focusing on not only with myself but with clients. Is that you know, there's just an element of that we're gonna we're gonna create a stimulus, and you're you're gonna feel like shit on some level, and you're not gonna feel like we're going anywhere, and then you're gonna feel like you are going somewhere, and then we're not. And it's a whole process with that. Results. There's talk going around that Macy's is not coming what back. What the heck is that, man? What is happening here? attacked by all angles. Got attacked. What? There was an attack, man. What happened? We're under attack by Macy's. Macy's attacked so, us. Apple their shit. Like when you get a call on, uh, like it comes through my desktop, it just starts playing YouTube. It's like, you know what we really need to do while someone's calling you is play YouTube. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm sorry, stimuli. No, it's okay. But the stimuli, I think, you know, the process of providing a stimuli and then, you know, understanding your super compensation levels, 
you know, that may be very unique to you, you know, when you train, the time you train. There's, I, I'm a big tinkerer. Actually, for me, I know this is going to sound crazy. Probably, I don't think it'll sound crazy to you, for sure. But I, one of the things I've tinkered with over the past year is smoking weed before my workouts. And, yeah. and actually, I have found that it has been highly effective for me in my workouts. Now, I know other people who have tried it, and they get nauseous. It doesn't work well for them. So I would never say, hey, everybody should do that. And I'm like, no, no. I mean, I think, you know, it depends. But for me, it actually, I find it extremely um, centering, uh, completely focused. You, I get extremely focused, and I just bang even harder. Uh, when I do that, whereas a lot of people would say, oh, that should have the opposite effect. I mean, you should feel like doing nothing. I'm like, no, 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 I don't know. That doesn't, that's not the effect I get when I do that. And it's just an example of like tinkering with stuff, trying things, looking at what's going on. I've done intermittent fasting myself. Um, for me, I'm always, I'm interested in getting better and improving. And my approach to food is always based off of the energy I need for exercise and the cycles that I have with that. So yeah, what do you want to get done for somebody else? They may have, that's not their approach. They're not doing it for that thing. But I'd like that concept of tinkering is I yeah. think very important for people to understand. You know? Yeah. And, and it's just like, man, <clears throat> so there's a, there's a few things too, right? It's like, I sometimes, I really enjoy actually being the coach, right? Sometimes I want to be the athlete, but sometimes I want to be the coach, even just within myself. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I look, ideally, I'm always at that maxed out performance level, okay? I'll give you an example. So uh, three weeks ago or so, three, four weeks ago, um, I had been in this incredible, like what I felt like was incredibly strong, uh, routine of consistency, especially amongst other things, uh, my strength training, right? So beginning of quarantine, um, actually right before quarantine, I picked up <clears throat> a bunch of new exercise equipment just by chance. It was, it was, it was, uh, actually the day before my birthday. Um, someone I knew who had, who had accumulated a lot of equipment was kind of in a bind and he needed to sell a bunch of stuff. Then we got hit by quarantine, right? All the gyms closed. So now I have like all this new equipment. I've got my home gym. And I was working with somebody who kind of encouraged me about overcoming some old injuries and being able to do strength training without being injured, which had been kind of my pattern. Right. You know, strength training, it would only be like two or three weeks. And it would be like that bad pain. Not the, not the like good soreness that you want, but like the shoulder felt out of place. Yeah. Uh, you know, I start sleeping back, you know, I start having like, weird sleeping position stuff is like stiff then i can't do capoeira then i'm miserable right like like because a lot you know how those things are like a lot of times like once you tweak something in a not very good way once and you keep doing the same thing it just gets worse right change some things so i had kind of over it seemed like i had overcome that it was doing great and then uh it was on a tuesday night i had done a back and chest lifting session on, a, on Monday, I'd done legs on Tuesday morning. Tuesday night, I went in. I was doing some striking. And that night, it was like my shoulder was like clicking. I was in – the pain just it, – it came on fast and it didn't go away. And I was so bummed out, right? I'm like, oh, I hurt my shoulder again. I got so mad at myself. 
And it was only until it, – it wasn't until about Friday or Saturday that I realized, you know what? Last Sunday, I went shotgun shooting or I went shooting. Ah, uh, yeah. And I shot a shotgun amongst uh, – and a handgun, but it was really the shotgun. And the, the kickback from the shotgun and, – and, you know, I, I was getting pretty good coaching with it. You know, I was giving the right instructions. It wasn't like I was just going out and doing it randomly by myself. But it had it – had, bruised me and it, it had jacked some stuff out of yeah, place yeah right but here's the thing um i had also been working with a, a body worker really really high level like the equivalent of me for massage right mm-hmm. he works with a lot of athletes raiders guys he had been working on me for months and he had he had decided that you know he was too busy couldn't continue to see me. so that was kind of taken out of the equation and now i had the pain and for months on end, this guy, when I was working with him, had been like, "Use, you need to use bands and you need to do certain exercises. And now I was in this situation where I didn't have the person who was like fixing me. I was in a lot of discomfort and I didn't really like what I was doing wasn't working. It wasn't getting me. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to use some bands. They had some at the gym. I ended up ordering some so I could do it at home as well or, you know, at the park. I started making that part of my daily routine and now I do it every day and weeks later after I'm all the way better, right? Where I'm like, if I I recognize that if I do this, if I incorporate this into my daily routine, it allows me to go in and train MMA five days a week, right? Where I'm I'm hitting the bag, I'm I'm doing, you know, certain things we're doing capoeira, I'm doing jujitsu. Today I'm gonna start. Uh, today tomorrow I'm gonna start incorporating weight training again because I've taken a few weeks off from that. So it's kind of the same thing as I look at it, like with the tweaks. Where, like, dude, if I hadn't gone shotgun shooting, mm-hmm. right? If you hadn't gone out to that restaurant, if you hadn't tried something different, maybe your whole routine would have kept going. But like I said, as a result of that setback, I actually ended up incorporating something else you know, some of this band work that I probably should have been doing anyways. And now I'm not going to stop doing it. I, I, I add on 30 minutes, 40 minutes before my training. I use the bands and I use parallettes to, to increase that shoulder stability every time now. Um, and, and I'll continue to do that. So I think that's one of the things on that more like meso slash macro level that a lot of us um, – uh, it, it's it's frustrating, right? Because you have to have the setback. You have to have, yeah. Yeah. you know, the, the 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 challenge that you really that this sucks. This sucks. But I'm going. I'm I'm the type of person where my resolve will probably my resolve and my persistence will probably yield a result that I wouldn't have got if that shitty thing hadn't happened. That makes a, that lot, makes of a lot of sense. sense. I mean, I, mean, it's, it's, I think, I think food, food and exercise are very similar in that sense is that you get, you get hooked into something you're comfortable with or it becomes your identity in it. And that's one thing I've talked to a lot of people in nutrition is, um, and especially in nutrition, but also in exercise, I think, is once it starts becoming your identity, say if somebody says they're vegan or they're plant-based or they're carnivore, you start identifying yourself as I am this person, 
sometimes I think that many times I think that can be very dangerous because then it alters how everything you do in your life, socially, emotionally, all these things. And then you're not willing to tinker. You're not willing to see how things make you feel in different seasons of your life. You become very um, almost in, set in stone in this identity in your the way you eat. And I feel like I see that happening with a lot of people. They become whatever it is, paleo, you name it, whatever. And they, be, they become that person. And it defines all the things they do in their life, you know? Yeah, and it's a, it's a it's a tricky it's a tricky balance. It's a tricky uh, you know to to it's just like with people, right? It's like you said, you know, we've known each other a long time. We've mm-hmm. we've gone through lots of different phases. Um, you know, we've seen each other change a lot. Yeah, right? like you talking about smoking weed before a workout, dude. Like, come on, man. I'm like. Where were you? Where was this day seven years ago? In 2011, I, that would have never thought of doing that, like right. ever. But tell, now I'm more adventurous with that. Yeah. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a funny story. So yesterday, so I, I you know, I'm, I'm big on edibles. I like edibles, and, Me and too. one thing with all this stuff is again, there's thresholds. It's not to say everything's going to work forever every day. It just doesn't work that way. And you know, I, I've been doing a trade with this guy, and he gets me edibles, but unfortunately, it's all like cereal and shit like that right oh i see yeah and then i end up eating all that and i have my own oil but unfortunately it's been like, i don't know what what it is with this batch but it's just puts me to sleep right so i've been eating these edibles really haven't been smoking much but yesterday i just i just overdid it right i think this one popcorn that i got from him is just stronger than everything else yeah and i and you know and now mixing the intermittent fasting you know, I just like got down some that, and that was like my third one of the day, bro. So, <laughs> not even gonna lie, right? So I was kind of fucked up at the gym last night. Yeah. But here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing is like everybody was slow last night. Like all the like I like okay, so I went in early because I actually had to do interviews for like my for my bio and all that stuff because this is a, it's like a new gym and they're doing all like the social media and all that. So I was like a little bit off, but I was like, all right, I got all this time to warm up. Then I'm like doing my warm up and this like one dude like won't leave me alone. He's like talking to me the whole time. And I'm like, all I want to fucking do is get in my own brain space right now. Like I've been, I'm in a weird place right now, man. <laughs> and so I'm trying to hide it. And I think like these guys can smell it and shit because they're like kind of making subtle cues. I'm like, I don't fucking care. Like yeah. this is my first, you know, this is my first rodeo, bro. Like, cause like even at one point, like this guy who I think he was kind of like talking shit a little bit. I'm like, yo, let's do some capoeira. This guy got worn out like two minutes. In the <laughs> he's like, he's like a fighter too, you know? And like, then uh, we did another guy's class. We did, uh, we're training with, um, I, you, I don't think you follow UFC too much, but you might know who this guy is. Stefan Bonner. Yeah, Never I know who that is. Yeah. So he, he, so he's one of the coaches. So I took his class. This other dude like dies halfway into the class. I'm like, bro, come on. I'm the one who's fucked up right now. I know. Jeez. So, you know, point being though, like that was past the threshold. You know, I overdid it today. I'm like recalibrating. I'm like, okay, do I want to use anything today? Um, you know, I definitely want to drum up my energy a little bit because I was I was like really tired, um, and I like that. But again, like figuring out how to push through that stuff. Yeah. You know, like you learn things a lot when you're uncomfortable, just like when you're comfortable. You know, like you might be yeah. dealing in that ten top ten percent when you're comfortable, like right when you can like set up all the factors so that you go in and perform in in ideal circumstances 
But, you know, you hear it with athletes all the time. Like, I just didn't, you know, my, I, I was just off that day or whatever. You yeah. still have to go and perform, right? And I think that's one of the – there's been a few factors in my own kind of training. And, you know, it all, it all dials back into the food too because kind of the food produces the state and then the state produces the outcome is like, okay, like if I'm training five days a week or six days a week, you know, chances are I'm not going to feel exactly the same every day. Mm-hmm. Like yesterday I forced myself to get up early, but I also hit the snooze bar for like an hour and a half. That shit fucks me up. Yeah. It doesn't resonate with my body. That doesn't work, you know? So yeah, I'm off. I'm all sorts off, but I go in anyway. Yes. And that's where I'm proud for myself to say I've progressed. You know, maybe I'm not like in my like absolute peak fitness or something like I can't run as far. I mean, I'm probably a better martial artist than ever, um, you know, but that's that's almost like there's a weird like quantitativeness to that or quality. Yeah. But I can also say like my show up is probably as good if not better than it's ever been. You know, that's I don't great, talk man. myself out of like going to a session and now I'm going to say that and I got to like watch out for it. Now I gotta <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I love my clients always say, if you're waiting to feel good all the time when you work out, you're going to be in big trouble, man. Like really big trouble. Like sometimes you're going to show up, you're going to feel like garbage. It's just how it's going to be. You, this feel, this sense of always being optimal, I think is a mirage a lot of times. It's like, yeah, you're not going to feel optimal all the time. And you know what? Sometimes you're going to make bad decisions you're going to push the limit like you did with the edibles. I, I've done that many times. I've pushed the limit with edibles and I'm like, oh man, I, I, I shouldn't have done that. But I also learned a lot. I learned a lot about myself when I was too high. I yeah. was like, you know what? I don't want to be this high. I got to figure out what's the right combination for me. Just like, seriously, this sounds like a de- degenerate thing. But like when I started, you know, intermittently smoking weed before the workout, I was like, oh, I'm going to take two massive hits. And then I'm going to take like one. And then the other day I took like six and I was crazy high when I got to the gym. And I had the weed sweats. And if you don't know about the weeds, I had massive weed sweats. I smelled like a cannabis factory. I mean, I'm telling you when I was in there. But I felt like, you know what? That's, that five hits was probably the right thing for me, honestly. It was just the right amount, too, too little. So, but I like the tinkering aspect of and and say sometimes maybe I pushed it too far and, and sometimes I come into the workout or a client comes in and they're just like they feel like trash. Well, we'll adjust, but they still showed up and you learn in those times, you know. Yeah, right. I I, I use the analogy a lot of the second time I went to Brazil. Um, it was a short trip, and my master was like my capoeira master. He was like. He was like, you want to go fishing? He had a little boat at the time. And I was like, yeah, like, let's do it, right? Yeah. All these crazy experiences, you got to have them. And I didn't really know what I was in for. And, like, you know, when I say a small boat, I mean, like, I don't know, you know, 12 feet, you know, something like <laughs> yeah. that, 15 feet. You know, it, it, it's like blowing out fumes like you know old just old school like it had to be like a diesel engine or something like that you're inhaling these fumes okay you have to manually pump the water out of the boat right right now like there's like one of those giants and you're like pumping it right next to this fucking like diesel engine from like 1950 blowing fumes in your face you don't do any fishing during the day okay 
So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get my tan on, drink some beers. I get fried, bro, like lobster red. I'm out there in my fucking Speedo in the middle of the ocean. Because <laughs> you're in Brazil, right? That's what they do. That's what they do. I, yeah. I, I am red from the fucking elastic of my leg Speedo to the elastic, you know, only thing that wasn't like bright neon Crayola red, right? It was like that small patch of skin <laughs> all around my waist area. Not my crotchal region, right? <laughs> so that's technical, right? Then, then we, then it gets to like the sun. Oh, you're also in, literally in the middle of the ocean where you can't see land on any side, right? Okay? So there's something very disconcerting about that, all right? And you're being splashed around. So you know, like he's like, you want to take any drama, mean or whatever? Before I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'll be cool, right? So then you like get it gets to night and you're like supposed to kind of sleep. I, I don't remember if we ate something or what. You're supposed to kind of sleep. But there's like cracks in the wood in the boat. So like water splashing up on you. You know, I didn't like bring a sleeping bag or anything. So I like cuddle up like in his giant like winter coat. Like that's my blanket. I didn't bring any warm clothes. I'm And now I have like you said like weed sweats. Now I have like sunburn cold, right? Where I'm so sunburned, I'm actually much colder than I would have been. Uh, under nor- like normal, not being ridiculously charged sunburn. Okay, so then you're supposed to sleep for a little bit, and I'm getting like splashed, and and then I'm sick, and then mm. it's like two in the morning, then you start fishing. Moon <laughs> is at its peak because that's when the fish come up to the surface. Now, when I say fishing, I don't want you to get all romantical on me and think like you've got these nice big lot fishing rods and cat. You're literally taking fishing line that is all knotted up together. You know, fishing line gets yeah. There's no rod. There's just line. You have to take these tiny little rusty ass hooks, metal rusty hook. Put these little shrimp. No, there's no light. You're doing this by the light of the fucking moon. <laughs> okay. You do this, you're putting them off the edge to fish. I'm throwing up, even though I didn't even need anything, I'm throwing up. He held, I, catch, I think I catch one fish on a, on a line that he, he set up for me. And we were supposed to be out there for two days. We came back the next morning. Uh, it, it was not a very successful trip. <laughs> Crazy. But it's like, it's like you, sometimes you've got to go out in a fucking deep water. You've got to think you're going to die. You know? Like so much so, you're literally throwing up, stumbling. <laughs> like I don't know I'm how you right make it through another minute, and you got like hours, right? And and that's when you find it's fortitude. You know, like when you've been through some of those experiences, like some of those stuff I went through when I was in the Peace Corps in Bangladesh. You know, like there's just experiences where like you literally don't know how you're gonna make it through, or it might be in business for somebody who's like you know, uh, you know, fifty thousand dollars in the hole. Right. And you're like, well, what option do I have? I don't really have any, you know, you just got to have to figure it out. So I think like this type of um, mentality, this type of um, resilience, you know, it, 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 it's yeah. something you have to cult like, you know, extreme uh, physical uh, uh you know, acts, you know, whether it's like an ultra, like it could be a regular marathon. I mean, a regular marathon for me would be an extreme physical act, but at this point, a half marathon, even, you know, for some people it's ultra marathoning. And I think what you, what you find when you, when you find people at that extreme peak is that they have insight 
that you don't get it just from doing a half marathon. Even though it was a big deal for me or a big deal for you. But when you do 50 miles, you got to be a different level of craziness. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I totally get it. By the way, that story was absolutely hilarious. I mean, I was dying listening to it. I was like, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. But I expect that from you, chef, man. You, you, <laughs> you always have funny things, but... Our time is up, man, but I got to tell you, that was awesome. I loved hearing your insight into all these things, and I want to say thank you for inspiring me many, many years ago and still influencing me and in how I approach uh, food and nutrition <clears throat> and how that has really helped guide me to becoming, and I, in my opinion, I am the best physical, mental um condition I've ever been in and my food approach feels like it's the best it's ever been and it, and it started back honestly that meeting really was a launch pad for me and how I viewed food I didn't have a weird association with food it was just like it made sense to me what you said and I was like oh that's so simple that's ridiculous <laughs> you know like and I remember coming home telling my wife like this just makes sense looking at it this way you know so Thank you for that, my friend, and uh, thanks for us staying in contact throughout the years, <clears throat> and uh, I look forward to future conversation. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for always you know, welcoming me and uh, doing what you do, and the mentorship and the leadership and the exemplariness and your, uh, you know, your strength and your openness. Uh, also, you know, again, like if there's a, anything that's come from this conversation, sometimes it's it's just the willingness to be open to something different and be willing to say, you know what? That wasn't for me. You know, yeah. I tried school. I tried once. I tried twice. You know, I, I know plenty of people, like you said, that would argue with the with the weed thing, right? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. okay. That's, That's okay. okay. Yeah. That's okay. And by the way, next time I'm in Vegas, when I'm... When I do get back there, I feel like we should uh, do an edible together, honestly. Yeah, and, and a workout. Yes. Yes. Yeah. How great would that be, huh? It's funny, like, you know, you take these examples and, you know, again, we all have examples, but my, again, my master, my copywriter master tells me about, like, you know, he grew up in, in Rio de Janeiro, like in the 60s and 70s. And he's like, you know, we would, we would smoke a joint and then we would just go run up the mountains and like train at the top of the mountains. And like, okay, it's probably not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Well, listen, I love those stories. Listen, man, we will be in touch. You'd yes, be well. Anything I can do for you, let me know. And uh, I hope uh, your your listeners got some value. And anybody uh, who ever needs anything, feel free to reach out to Dr. D and he'll, he'll put you in touch with them. You got it. So let me ask you something. How do you get your news? Because I know you want to stay informed with what's going on here in the world. There's so much going on on a regular basis. And it's something that's been a problem for me personally. And I've been searching and searching and searching. And finally, I found a news source that I think all of my listeners are going to love. It's called The Donut, or The Dose of News Useful Today. The founder and CEO, Peter Nowak, is a good friend of mine. And when he turned me on to it, I was just blown away. Finally, a daily news source that delivers succinct and factual news about all the world's occurrences and it's an easy access to finding things that you just want to get information about 
and it also serves up a lot of positive news stories that you won't hear anywhere else. It's your daily reminder that there is good in the world, even if it doesn't feel like it sometimes. So, get the donut, stay informed, it's 100% free, you can unsubscribe anytime. Visit thedonut.co or text DONUT to 66866 to sign up today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dr. D's Social Network. Make sure you listen to future episodes. Also, please make sure to rate and review My Dad's Show on Apple Podcasts in the Rate and Review section. Thanks, everyone.